perseverance of Job. Most of us have heard of the phrase, the patience of Job, and considering all that he suffered, wonder how we could have ever lived up to such a virtuous character. That's because we consider the word patience to mean the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. And for most of us, that's impossible. Yet I'm reading the book of Job right now, and I don't see that we could accurately describe Job as a patient man in the sense of not getting angry or upset. Job became incredibly angry and frustrated with his friends, with his suffering, with the injustice of his loss and physical pain. He was completely miserable and let his friends and God know it. We hear this in the cry of his first speech recorded in Job 3 when he curses the day of his birth, moaning, why wasn't I born dead? Why didn't I die as I came from the womb? For at least then I'd be at peace. Then when he's counseled to be patient by Eliphaz, he responds, I don't have the strength to endure. I have nothing to live for. He even attacks his friends saying, one should be kind to a failing friend, but you accuse me without any fear of the almighty. My brothers, you have proven as unreliable as a seasonable brook. Nor is it only his friends that he gets angry with when he becomes even more vocal in his complaints, declaring in Job 10, I am disgusted with my life. Let me complain freely. My bitter soul must complain. He charges God as the author of his problem, fuming, I will say to God, don't simply condemn me. Tell me the charge you're bringing against me. What do you gain by oppressing me? Why do you reject me, the work of your own hands, while smiling on the schemes of the wicked? Then as his friends continue to condemn and accuse him, Job directs his frustration at God. Oh God, you have ground me down and devastated my family. God hates me and angrily tears me apart. The momentum of his outrage builds until he lashes out in Job 23, saying, My complaint today is a bitter one, and I try hard not to groan aloud. If only I knew where to find God, I would go to his court. I would lay out my case and present my arguments. He wants to have it out with God and find out why he's suffering, but he complains that he can't find him anywhere. In light of these clear references to his obvious rage, why is he described then as a patient man? Well, it comes from the words of James, who says, For examples of patience and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We give great honor to those who endure under suffering. For instance, you know about Job, a man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end, for the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. This then references the endurance, persistence, and perseverance of Job. It does not gloss over his suffering or the acute nature and depth of his pain, but rather notes that despite the horrors he endured, he remained faithful to God to the end and he witnessed God's tenderness and mercy. Further, because James connects Job's character and reaction to the suffering of the prophets, we can see that James did not chastise or belittle these men for their vocal and vehement appeals to God. Rather, there is an underlying commentary about their steadfastness in the midst of misery. In fact, it leads one to hearken to the counsel of Jesus, who in the foretelling of the return and the end of the world, warns them of all the horrors to come. 
false prophets, wars and threats of wars, famines and earthquakes, which he says are only the birth pangs with more to come. He then proceeds to warn them that those who love him will face persecution, hatred, even death. In the midst of such a world, sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold, yet he promises the one who endures to the end will be saved. It is this perseverance that Jesus and James encourages us to demonstrate. Scripture never suggests that our time in this world will be easy and peaceful, although that's certainly what we all wish it would be. Rather, there is a continuous warning that times will be difficult, life will be hard, suffering will often cling to us like a leech. The Apostle Paul certainly writes of his suffering, yet in every instance he recognizes the good God intended. He says, we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He writes again to the Corinthians saying, This light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory. And to the Philippians he explains, That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings. And because of what he has learned through what he has suffered, Paul counsels the Romans to rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. In fact, the New American Standard Bible translates this to rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer. Paul had already decided that he would rejoice when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us in develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens a confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us. Paul understands that when we are doing what God wants us to do, suffering isn't a sign of God's anger toward us or judgment against us. It may actually be the result of his boasting of us, as we saw with Job when God stated to Satan, Have you noticed my servant Job? He's the finest man in all the earth. He's blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. And when Satan tried to destroy Job, God set a limit to Satan's reach. All right, do with him as you please, but spare his life. God knew the level of endurance that Job could reach and told Satan this far and no farther. We see this exemplified in Paul's instructions to the Corinthians. The temptations in your life are not different from what others experience, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. We often attribute this verse only to the temptation to sin and not to feeling overwhelmed and suffering. But certainly it can apply here as well for who among us is not tempted to rail at God or friends when we face torment, pain, or grief. Yet in the life of Job, we clearly witness that it's the love of God that gives Job the indomitable strength to persevere through his enormous suffering. Further, it's the love of God that calls to Job out of the whirlwind to show him the wonder and enormity of Almighty God. We see this through chapters 38 to 42, how God dramatically reveals himself to Job, explaining to succinctly who he is and what he has done. 
challenging Job, do you still want to argue with the Almighty? You are God's critic, but do you have the answers? A statement that puts us all in our place when we want to fault God for his imperfect nature or plan. Still in the life of Job, we learn that God invites discussion and debate, for it ensures that we are still acknowledging that he's there, that he's powerful, that he's purposeful, even if we doubt his plan is perfect. For then he has the opportunity to engage with us and set the record straight. As Jeremiah discovered, the Lord encourages such dialogue, for then he can say, this is what the Lord says, the Lord who made the earth, who formed and established it, whose name is the Lord, ask me, and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know. Thus, beloved, even in the midst of your suffering, keep up your conversations with God, press into him, remain steadfast and keep doing the things you know that pleases God. If your friends accuse you, know that Job and others have also faced such faithless friends, but that God will deal with them in his own way and time as he dealt with Job's friends. Know that praying to your friends and for your friends, persevering through your trials will bring its own reward, perhaps not as astounding and dramatic as Job, but undoubtedly just as meaningful. Finally, if your friends are suffering, don't grind their noses into their pain. Show them compassion and treat them as you would like to be treated. Above all, remember that though he brings grief, he also shows compassion because of the greatness of his unfailing love. God bless you, beloved. God bless you.